Welcome to the sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Bill Ranta. It's the weekend and I'm not talking about the band. Woo! Which is technically the weekend because they leave. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit abbreviated for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the uh, music, music, music podcast where we talk about all the greatest band names and why they uh, yeah. I'm a little bit different. I'm feeling about drinking a little blood, guys, because it's the vampire weekend. Uh-oh. I'm thinking about Huey Lewis's best album, Sports. There we go. <laughs> I like that. And I thought for sure that was going to be the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Huey Lewis that well, and I thought you were going to keep going with that. Oh, bit. see, I thought you were going to use the other sports reference and be like, no, it was four. <laughs> like, there's their other, there's, those are the two best albums. It's sports yeah. followed by four. Well, and four I'm, is like the golf four. I'm going to be honest with you, Jordan. I am not terribly familiar with Hue- Huey Lewis and the News. It's time. Yeah. They're fantastic. They are, this is, and this is the best way to think about them is before we wrap up the music, music, music podcast. <laughs> I really tried to get us back to sports on, but uh, at their best and at their worst, they're a pretty good bar band. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that like in, a, in a, to like contextualize them a bit. So don't have huge yeah. expectations, but they're people fun. People who say people who say bar band judgmentally, I think, don't quite get all the things that go into getting a bar full of strangers to genuinely enjoy you playing covers. Yeah, I, I feel the same way about sports bars. Ooh, <laughs> oh, what else is there at sports bars other than cover bands? Sports. <laughs> And beer. All right, we have, we have a big show today. We have a, a guest that's been on before because uh, Pepsi just announced that even if there's no fans in the stands at the Super Bowl, they are still going to do the halftime show. Yeah. And and so we have uh, the guy who produced the Super Bowl shuffle. I believe he's produced other Super Bowl halftime shows, uh, Dusty Breitberg? Yeah, Dusty Breitberg is kind of like the uh, king of producing sports-related stuff. And this one is about music, which is perfect for the Music, Music, Music podcast. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Walked right into that one. Yeah. So he'll be on the show to talk about that. Uh, we have uh, an all-new sports throughout history. Ooh. And I mean, a, Jordan, well, it's not technically new because it is history. We have an old, recycled, warmed-over Wikipedia page <laughs> mm, that we're go. calling sports throughout history. Microwave I don't it. want anyone to think I've done any original research is the thing, Jordan. Yeah, well, you know, I really wish you would have hid that from us because we were kind of hoping you would. sources, yeah. Uh, and we got a wide world of weird sport? You're goddamn right you do. But first, SEC football COVID watch update. SEC football COVID watch update brought to you by acronyms. There's so many in the world and we got a licensing fee from each one. <laughs> the SEC gets 2020 Subheadline: scientists claim they can easily explain how this happened. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I'll, dis- I'll bet they can. <laughs> Despite an uneven application of what experts call a, eh, somewhat rigorous standard, COVID has found its way to the SEC. 
What? And no. no. And no, COVID-19 is not a top 300 prospect from Key and Peele's East-West Bowl sketch. COVID-19 <laughs> is an overall top 100 prospect whose ability to transmit itself is emblematic of SEC speed. Mm. Uh, yeah. the, the is, decision is that to... how this happened? Is that some poor, some poor uh, you know, defensive backs coach <laughs> thought he had found the next big thing? And in fact, oh... Oh no, you're, you're a virus. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Oh, we, oh man, oh. I should be reading rivals more. Um, I could maybe go a two-way wide receiver cornerback, but not a virus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the decision to go to the SEC was an easy one for coronavirus to make because the SEC is the best conference currently playing college football and the yep. only conference where every school is allowing fans in the stands. Oh God, that's so terrible. <laughs> Uh, so the SEC is having its first spat of postponed games, the first of which was Mizzou Vanderbilt. Wow, one- Jordan, look who thinks he can look in the crystal ball. First spat. Maybe oh. it's the only spat, Jordan. Okay, that's true. Okay, well, I'm gonna, well, the first one is Mizzou Vanderbilt, and that one's not a big deal. In fact, when Reist reached uh, for a statement on the cancellation of this game, an SEC rep told reporters that they should, quote, Ask whatever conference those teams are in then for a statement. <laughs> Yikes. I have to worry about LSU Florida. Bye. <laughs> Some so, of us are in the real world here. Uh, so, yeah. So, basically, the other one, the one that means something, is the LSU Florida game being postponed. Oh, dear. And, uh, just to make it a, a really Florida story, earlier this week, before the University of Florida's football team had a COVID-19 outbreak, football coach Dan Mullins was pleading to fill the stadium with fans for the LSU game. Because right now, you know, each school is only allowing like 20% at most. He's like, we got to pack the swamp against LSU. And the scientists are all saying, no, you can't bomb the aliens. The aliens have a protective shield. And the military guy's like, nothing can withstand a nuke. (laughs) They haven't seen a bomb like this on their planet. (laughs) Sure, they traveled thousands of light years. (laughs) To get here, but I don't think they know nukes. <laughs> no, I think the scientists. Here's the thing: the scientists here are kind of like um, on on payroll. Oh, so yeah. I think they're like, uh, "Hey, coach, uh, we really don't uh, think you should." Uh, okay, sorry, thanks, bye. They're like you know, the big tobacco scientists that are like, "You can actually run faster while smoking a cigarette." <laughs> yes. Thanks to the filter, this smoke <laughs> goes the, into your the, lungs squeaky clean. The patch of warm air directly in front of you will make you more aerodynamic. <laughs> Might be true. So uh, they're down two games so far, the SEC. And that's not a big deal in terms of like lots of conferences have had to postpone a lot of games. There's like yeah. eight games postponed this weekend alone in total. But then real disaster came. Alabama athletic director Greg Byrne and his boss, football coach Nick Saban, tested positive for the virus. Yikes. Holy shit. Fighter jets were scrambled. Alabama sheriffs took Paul Paul Feinbaum into protective custody. Lyndon Baines Johnson was sworn in as president, and in what can only be described (laughs) as poor public health planning, the entire student population of Auburn was brought in for questioning. (laughs) That's, I mean, from a contact tracing standpoint, that'll at least be kind of easy. But the person <laughs> doing the interviews is definitely going to get COVID then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So I guess the, the big story here is that how are, how are people in Alabama adjusting to a world in which Nick Saban might not be God? 
Well, the good news is Nick Saban is not currently experiencing any symptoms. Hmm. Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> that's good. That's that's yeah. that's lucky. But unluckily, if there's the one symptoms, th- the symptoms are trying to run some sort of new offensive scheme, and it's. but you know what when you have white blood cells that are the best white blood cells from each state they can run whatever offense and you can just run a base defense and it's not gonna matter yeah it's really they're so fast i mean (laughs) they can they can travel through his femoral artery in less than 4.2 seconds uh unluckily for nick saban though the one thing he hates more than losing is losing control Ooh, so, yeah. with the help of so cuz he's quarantining, with the help of video conferencing, Saban is about to learn virtually everything about virtual teaching. Oh man. <laughs> My sister's a second grade teacher who's doing this right now. It is very difficult. I yeah. can't imagine how difficult it is to a man whose job it is to yell at teens. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like I imagine a second grade teacher all the kids are sitting in front of a computer, whereas when they're football players, you'd have to have some sort of rig where the camera is constantly pointing at their face with microphones while they do the plays, right? Yeah, they got they got the Arrested Development, uh, you know, surrogate thing going with Super Dave. Oh, there we go. Super Dave yeah. Osborne, you bet. Yeah. Uh, but no, while he's been quarantining, Saban is watching live feeds of the practice and calling coaches when there's something he doesn't like. That's from the article. So really... He's just staying on the phone the entire practice and micromanaging. Yeah. Instead of calling every time there's something he doesn't like, he just kind of just keeps him on the line. Yeah. Just, like, put him on speaker and have one (laughs) grad student whose job is to take the phone to the person that he wants to yell at. Yeah, basically. Um, An anonymous staffer was asked about how it was different this week. And I don't know about you, but this quote to me read as extremely exasperated. So I'm going to put a little little bit of English on it that way. Quote, even away from here, he doesn't miss anything. He's going to make this as normal as possible, and it will be normal protocol the rest of the week. From walkthrough to the meal to what we do the night before the game, it's his program. And even though he's not here right now, nothing changes. Yikes, does not instill confidence. <laughs> well, to me, this like feels... There was, there was- a couple of assistant coaches who were probably just like, I mean, I hope he's fine, but hey, at least we'll get just a little bit of room to do our jobs at the next practice. So they See, show up and they're like, he's going to call in. And they're like, oh, no. This is a, a Hollywood assistant complaint. I don't know if either of you can uh, sympathize <laughs> with this, but it's one of those things where when your boss is even worse to deal with when they're out of town. Yeah. <laughs> like at first you're super excited. Oh man, my boss is an agent. He's going to be gone for a week at a villa in Mexico. Wonderful. Until you realize, oh my God, he's even worse when he's on vacation. Yep. <laughs> um, so I'm the, doing all of the same things I used to do. And I'm getting text every five minutes and it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Crimson Tide have a big game this weekend against the Georgia Bulldogs. And basically, right now, Saban was tested positive. He tested negative again. And if he tests negative two more times, he could actually coach. Today is Saturday. He could actually coach the game if he can get a negative test yesterday, which result would come in this morning, and a rapid negative test Saturday before the game. It's a primetime game. But, But if he's not able to be there, he wanted to do the same thing he's been doing with the practices and virtually coach, but that will not be an option because the NCAA prohibits in-game communication with anyone on the staff. 
Oh, yeah. But, but here's the thing. When Alabama hears, quote, the NCAA prohibits, historically, it's kind of like a challenge. Right? Oh, do you? <laughs> well, we'll just see about that. It's kind of like Donald Trump saying he's under-leveraged. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, really? <laughs> Your oh. perspective on that might be a little skewed. <laughs> well, I just think it's one of those, they hear, this is against the rules, and they think, oh, I bet it is. Yeah. We'll say, well, we, we agree that it's against the rules. Um, oh, we got it. Okay, wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, against okay. Against the rules, okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, be on the lookout in the Georgia-Alabama game for a tech-savvy youngster standing next to the interim head coach who seemingly has a very high level of importance despite being 16. That might be Saban on a cell phone. SEC football COVID watch update. SAC football COVID watch update brought to you by acronyms LOL RL BRB bye bye and now for another sports throughout history bum 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 brought to you by the history channel remember a better time except for 1918 through 1919 Uh, now, uh, guys, bit of a themed, uh, sports throughout history this week. Oh boy. Themes. Yep. Uh, since <laughs> I know you guys are probably still freaking out over the incredible ending to this year's Liege Baston Liege. We're not. Nope. Forgot. No, that I thought, wait, I thing. thought this was going to be a theme. <laughs> well, that's what, I mean, it is kind of, that's why this week we're doing the 1980 Liege Baston Liege. Okay, seriously, in 10 seconds, what's the Lien du Bistage Liège again? Yeah, help Liège me out here. Liège Baston Liège is the oldest cycling race in the world. It's one of the uh, one-day races that's known as the Monuments. Okay. The five classic races. It's been run since 1892. Okay. And the All course, right. Jordan, goes from Liège in Belgium to Bastogne. And okay. Then Back to Liège. Oh, now the name makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> ah. uh, along its 105 editions, uh, the cycling's oldest monument has thrown epic challenges ahead of the sport's biggest le- legends. Uh, and the 1980 Liège Best on Liège is probably the most striking example, not just for French enthusiasts, but for many cycling lovers around the world. Bears on the track! Roar! And this is like this is like a 170 mile race that goes over a bunch of like very steep little Belgian hills in the uh, in the Belgian countryside. So sure, it's, it's really hard. And uh, by bear caves, exactly. Well, not bear caves, badger caves, Jordan. Even oh, scarier. I was, I was trying to think of obstacles. Yeah, in 1980, Bernard Hino was already an icon when he started this 66th edition of the race. At 25 years old, the Badger had already established himself as one of the strongest characters in the boy bunch and had already conquered many stage races, including the Tour de France twice, as well as the Vuelta Espana and the Criterium du Dauphiné. Okay. Uh, Seems good pedigree here. Yeah. Yeah, he had also won Liège Best on Liège in 1977. Oh, so he's been there, done that. Yeah, old news. Done that. This is the big guy. Uh... Already, it was zero degrees Celsius at the start in Liège, and then almost as soon as we left town, it started snowing, and it snowed almost all of the way to Bastogne. Oh, that's pretty. 
Yeah, so uh, it's in April. Uh, pretty, uh, but not great for the uh, 174 starters, Phil. Well, they just got to put some chains on your tires. Uh, you know, I actually, remember, I've, I've been to Easter masses in the snow, so I'm familiar. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, when Hino was pondering his survival through this other northern hell, uh, the conditions <laughs> didn't stop the Belgians, Rudy Pevenage and Ludo Peters, from ac- attacking and opening, oh, you know what, this is sac- cycling stuff you don't care about. Uh, but so, <laughs> wow! Does, was that written in the Wikipedia article? <laughs> no, it's the Wikipedia article's too short. I'm going from a UCI.org article. Oh, got it, got it. I thought yeah, it was a little uh, colorful for Wikipedia. Yeah, I was thinking that too. A lot of adjectives. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, guys. Little bit of a change. So, point is, it's really cold. Sure, freezing. Right. And some it's would snowing. say. Yeah, it's zero degrees Celsius, right? Right, which is 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which I'm like, it's not that cold. But if you're on a bike for, uh, you know, seven to eight hours. What's wind chill on a bike then? Yeah, and the sweat will turn to ice. Automatically much higher, Jordan, or lower. It's wind chill, so it's lower. Right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, there's these various hills that they're going over, and Bernard Hino keeps, keeps climbing them, climbing them and climbing them, uh, but it's, uh, it's a pretty tough time, over and over again, uh, and, uh, guess what, Bernard Hino, at first they think they're gonna stop in Bastogne, right? Because it's snowing. Oh, they slide on the ice and they just slide right past Bastogne, right? <laughs> before you know it they're in london yeah <laughs> they're not they're not going to london uh but so uh bernard hino is quite surprised when they decide that they're going to continue the race in spite of the conditions uh and while a lot of people might have thought to themselves ah screw it and in fact uh most of the other cyclists did as only 21 of the 174 participants actually finished the race. Oh wow! Yeah, you gotta watch yeah. your uh, gotta watch your body. If you slide on the ice, it could end your career. Uh, Hino put on a red woolly balaclava. Uh, this, of course, being before they had to wear helmets. Oh, is that that's the the phyllo dough and the honey and the nuts? Yeah, baklava. Yeah, no, that's so a balaclava good. is what they call the thing that you only wear if you're skiing or robbing a convenience store. Oh, oh uh, a ski mask. Yeah, yeah, a ski or, mask. Or yes. apparently, <laughs> riding in deep cold. Uh, riders struggled on with hands to faces to uh, with hands to faces to keep a view of the road. The race was an anonymous mass of plastic jackets and wind cheaters. Spectators stood in goggles like upmarket snowmen. Okay, screw those spectators. They could go home. Yeah. Yeah. What's an upmarket snowman? What? Within the hour, some teams had barely a man left in the road. They pulled out two dozen at a time. Men like G.B. Boroncelli, Giuseppe Cerrone, Lucien Van Empe, and Jean-Ron Bernadou. Quitters. (laughs) <laughs> exactly point is he got frostbite <laughs> <laughs> okay yikes he won where where and how bad can i laugh or is this like uh, lose fingers frostbite in which case i'm not gonna laugh 
Now, he didn't lose fingers, but to this day, he doesn't have feeling in many of them. Wow. Well, that's a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he can do a parlor trick where he puts his hand over a candle for a really long period of time. Yeah. That would be the story of the 1980 Liege Baston Liege. And that's been another Sports Throughout History. Brought to you by... The History Channel. Uh, we'll just do the history of, I don't know, bacteria? Joining us now on the podcast is Super Bowl Shuffle producer and overall music spectacular producer, Dusty Brightburn. Hey, Joel and Jordan, it's great to be back. It's great to have you back, Dusty. Oh, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. It really has, and every time you yeah. come on, it's always interesting to hear about your new venue... Uh, new, I say, new, new oh, pursuits. I'm glad I don't own a venue right now during COVID. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, yeah that's not a place bad. you want to be. Not but even then, be. being an events producer focused on music and sports, it's a very tough time right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine even if they're bringing the sports back, they might be less reticent to also bring back the halftime shows. And I have to say, I'm very, very honored that you have me on the special. Music, music, music podcast <laughs> version of the sports, sports, sports podcast. It's my world's combining. It, yeah. It's a little yeah. unintentional, but yes, you're welcome. But I've got good news. <laughs> what's, what's that, Dusty? The Super Bowl is moving forward with the halftime show, and guess who's producing it? You. Me, Dusty yeah. Breitberg. Well, what an honor. It. What an honor, Dusty. They just know that I've been doing this for 40 years. I know how to uh, I know how to do things safely and take care of the artists and put on one hell of a show. Well, I mean, you you sort of tossed in do things safely there, but I feel like a lot of people do that now, whereas they feel like as long as they say, "Oh, we're going to be safe," it sort of makes it okay for them to ignore the realities of COVID and that it's just not safe to do what they're doing. Oh, I'm not right. ignoring like the realities of COVID. The, yeah, it feels like a lot of people start with the premise of, well, you shouldn't be doing that. And then other people say, well, no, we're going to do it safely. So I guess, yeah. what about your you go, track record? Well, no. <laughs> what, what about your track record, Dusty, enables you to do it safely? Well, look, yeah. I, first of all, I am not a young, nor am I a healthy man. <laughs> uh-huh. I am yeah, riddled with disease and have been for my whole life. So I'm taking this very seriously. Yeah. We uh, have to negotiate every one of these interviews with your nurse. Yes. Dusty, so yes. we know. Yeah. And I, I can say in all honesty that in all of the events that I've produced, no performers have died during the event. Super Bowl really... shuffle, everybody survived end to end. That's a low bar, Dusty. It's a very qualified answer. Yeah, but it's for an events producer, it's pretty good. No one got electrocuted. No, no gaffers had a light drop on their head. Yeah, I guess. Okay. A lot of people don't realize, but you know, like somebody died in the making of Gone Fishing, the movie. Oh, that's a shame. That's a tough one to die during the making of. (laughs) That's That's your legacy. Oh no, that movie was not good. And it was for my demographic, and it was not good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no! But for this Super Bowl, I'm taking every precaution in the world. You know what? I'm gonna. I'll start with, you know, the performer we're choosing. 
We're being okay. very who, careful. Who well, that's the thing. We're leaving it very open-ended because what's the easiest way to find a performer who can't get COVID during the show? Um, to go with a hologram? No, you have to you have to find a performer who already has COVID. Oh. Oh, so you're you're going with getting performers who have immunity then to COVID. The, the performer well, who actively has COVID. Yeah. Because then you know they're not going to get it because COVID. they have it. It's not yet 100% clear that you can't become reinfected with COVID. I know exactly. Joel, this is the music, music, music podcast, <laughs> not the science, science, science podcast. So save it. No, we're going to put Sorry. the whatever musician at the time of the Super Bowl has coronavirus. We'll put them in a giant bubble. We'll roll them up to the stage with a sanitized microphone. Keep everybody nice and distanced and be like, all right, take out the tube from your throat and sing. <laughs> I was a man. Wow, the tube really it was really stark I was imagining imagery. someone who, yeah, who already, already had had and recovered from COVID. But you mean someone who's got COVID? Someone who's while got COVID while they're performing, very they sweaty, again. fever struck. <laughs> yeah, they can't catch Tired. it again. But Just, what yeah, an honor, it right? You, it's but, kind uh, of like a make a wish for famous people. Yeah, what an honor not, to have coronavirus go. Oh, this is sad. But wait a second. I'm going to call my good friend Dusty Breitberg, and I'm going to perform at the Super Bowl. Fair <laughs> enough, but does that mean, are you, like, what about all of the other people? Is it, is it going to be like a solo performance then? Oh, it has to be. Like John Legend with piano? Because actually, I think that'd be, be a real change of pace for the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, well even I'm if gonna... it's someone with a band, we'll just pipe in the music. Well, well Dusty, I, I got to tell you, I, well, that's very safe it appears i i for one am gonna miss the spectacle what about the dancers what about yeah, the pyrotechnics lot, i mean oh, of course john we're legend playing spectacle. piano is, I know. is i'm just picturing a lone hospital bed getting wheeled out to the 50 yard line and it's a little underwhelming no that would be sad I, you know i'm a better events producer <laughs> than that there's gonna be lots of yeah. flesh there's gonna be okay. pyrotechnics and there's gonna be lots of ribbons and things and there's of course gonna be dancers oh thank you Thank oh. you, Dusty. Oh, okay, I'm... but again, if if the person who's performing has COVID, I don't know how there could be dancers and have it be safe. They'll be far away. They'll be all over the well, field, spread out, perfect synchronized dancing. Yeah, and but it's still a risk. Maybe, maybe in nurses' outfits. You know what? <laughs> We're getting all nurses as dancers. What? Oh, Dusty, okay. you've done it again. Because <laughs> then they'll not only respect the virus... But also, it's a little bit sexy. Right? Oh, it's a lot bit sexy. Yeah, just a little bit, you know? Face they'll, shields and scrubs. They'll be wearing I, their scrubs. We'll do the song, a cover of the song, No Scrubs. And that's when they rip off their scrubs and they're wearing glittery outfits and PPE. I like this. Except that, I mean, I, I also think this is a great way for us to... to Give a chance to to let the fans show their appreciation for our overworked uh, medical workers. Absolutely. Right. The frontline workers get to not only be appreciated the show, they get to be the show. And they get to see Ooh. probably one of their favorite musicians who they can care for afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> TBD. TBD, TBD. Yeah, though hopefully just like TBD and not just TB because that would definitely be fatal if you already had COVID. Oh, with, yes, of course. With all the nurses there, they're not going to have TB. 
they they don't let that thing they don't let stuff like yeah, that happen. I sure hope not. That's also very contagious. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I know what you're thinking. Surprise performances. Oh yeah, those are my favorite at the Super Bowl when it's someone I wasn't even expecting. Yeah, Lady Gaga dropping in from the ceiling and Madonna pops out from the floor and Janet Jackson uh, top falls off. I'm sorry, weren't, weren't those all headliners? <laughs> yeah, but there's other people like Slash will come out and play a solo and yeah. then go away and people go, wow, was that <laughs> Slash? Was that just yeah. a guy with long hair? You never know, you can't see his face. <laughs> <laughs> there's never there's never a wrong time for Slash. Absolutely. So what we're going to do, it's going to be absolutely magical, is we're going to have somebody come out in a full radiation suit. <laughs> and people are going to go, wait, who is that? Is that an alien? Is that Marty McFly from Back to the Future when he's trying to scare his father George into asking Lorraine <laughs> out on a date by playing yep. a Walkman in their ear? Is what people oh, are going to be thinking. Ben Halen, if memory serves, R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, but they're going to walk out, and they're going to walk to a safe, socially distanced area into the field, into the end zone maybe, far away from the dancers and everything, and people are going to be like, who is that? Who? who what's going to happen? And then they take it off, and who's there but Tom Hanks and The Rock sharing one suit. What? Oh, what? what? What an inspirational story back from coronavirus and together Probably they're going to sing a song from Moana because that's what the rock knows how to sing. You're welcome. Right. Oh, that arguably is so much the fun. The most beloved actors in all of America right now. Oh yeah. And Tom Hanks will do his little table dance from bachelor party while the rock sings you're welcome from Moana and people will go they survived. Maybe I should survive too. And everyone will get up from the hospital beds and say, I'm okay now. Thank you, Dusty Breitberg. Uh, except that if they do that and leave the hospital, they're going to be extremely contagious and, and they're going to cause another outbreak. No, they're not going to leave the hospital. They're just going to stand up for a second and go, thank you, Dusty Breitberg. Your music <laughs> has saved the world just like the Super Bowl shuffle did in the 80s. Dusty, I gotta tell you, this is one hell of a plan. Oh, yeah, you know? then we're gonna have fireworks, and the fireworks are gonna spell out wear a mask, and uh, we're gonna rain down uh, Purell all over them so that everyone will have that wet shirt look, which will be a very good look. <laughs> and we're gonna yeah, cure we're coronavirus through the power of sport and song. Dusty, okay. I I must say I think I think Joel and I were a little critical of the idea of still doing the Pepsi halftime show, but I'm a believer now. There we go, and you know what? Everybody gets free Pepsi, and Pepsi may or may not cure coronavirus. We don't know. We haven't tested it. Pretty sure it doesn't. But Who thank knows? you, Dusty. You're welcome. And now it's time for another wide world of. A weird sports! Oh, it's Wide World of Sports time! We love Wide World of Sports! Wide World of Weird Sports. What do we got this week? This week's Wide World of Weird Sports? Sports! What? Sports? Uh, yep, Sports is the third album by American rock band Huey Lewis uh, and the News. <laughs> released on September 15th, 1983. It reached number one in the Billboard 200 on June 29th, 1984, and catapulted the band to international fame. They had to wait till their third outing before they got international fame. 
And Huey, by that time, was already like mid-40s, I think. He was an older guy already. Yeah, the, his picture on the cover, he, he looks older than I do now. You know? <laughs> the album has been certified 7X Platinum by the RIAA. 7X Platinum? Holy crow! He That's went platinum selling rhymes. He went platinum sold. seven times. He did. He did. Whoa. He did. Sports was ranked number two on the Billboard year-end album charts in 1984 and spawned four... Top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. Sports did very well internationally, where most of its singles charted in the top 40 or above in multiple countries. This thing was an international phenomenon. Uh, let's see if Jordan can name all four singles from sports. Oh, uh, I don't know if I could. Hip to be square? Nope, that was not on sports. That, that's on four. Damn it. Damn. You know, uh, no, I don't. I don't. You know what? I'm not going to try. Can you tell me the the four big singles off it? Yes, I can. The four big singles that were on it is, uh, hold on. I'm trying to find the because there's five singles and only four charted. So I'll. I'll oh, new drug. I want a new drug. That is one of them. Yep, that was single I number believe, two. I believe you mean Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. Yeah. They won that lawsuit. Uh, Heart and Soul. Was Heart and Soul is a good single? one. Wow, uh, how did they win that lawsuit? <laughs> of course, the heart of rock and roll. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. And if this is it, oh, and then walking a thin line. Don't know that one. I don't know that one so either. What? I think that's the one that did not chart of the four yeah. singles. What's what's the crappy single? <laughs> Yeah, that that's that. got to feel real bad about itself. Well, that was single number five. Once you're single number five, the album has already been out for you know four or five months, so the other ones can breathe. That's a tougher one, you know. Yeah, like no no one's gonna buy the album. You know, if they hadn't bought it yet, they're not gonna buy it when they hear the fifth single. Yeah, it's the but fifth. They might best. buy the single. <laughs> yeah, back then they might have gotten the what did they call the single cassettes? The singettes? Forty five. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. But it was always, it was like two bucks for a single and ten bucks for an album. I'm like, I can do math. Yeah. Well, let's talk production and history. The album was self-produced <laughs> and recorded promptly after a modest breakthrough success with the band's second album, Picture This. Oh, wow. So, like, the album became self-aware and then produced itself? Yeah. It's Well, the AI and machine learning was just starting to take off in uh, 1983, yeah. so... People worried about Skynet, but really, it was sports. Yeah, it was HueyNet that was uh, that was getting people. However, due to reorganization and internal issues at the band's label, Chrysalis, the band held back the master tapes, choosing to perform at small venues to showcase the new material while all the matters were resolved. They had internal issues at their own label. Yeah, I, I heard that they had a lot of problems with change at Chrysalis. Yeah, exactly. You they know, eventually they became Pupi Records uh, and made their way on from there. But uh, but yeah, they just had a lot of trouble staying in one place. Very good, Joel. Once Chrysalis got their affairs in order and an agreement uh, in place with the band's management, the master tapes were handed over for production. Sports was finally released in September 1983 and proceeded a slow climb up the charts through late 1983 and early 1984. Oh, man. It's a lot of time in the charts. It's true. Lewis wrote Bad is Bad in the late 1970s while working with Phil Lynott and Thin Lizzy. Lynott liked the song so much that he would sing it at some of his concerts in a fast pace. The band later recorded a music video for the song, although it was not released as a single, filming the video on the streets of San Francisco in March 1985. 
Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huey Lewis was like, uh, that would explain why he was so old when his band hit. That's true. That's true. Huey Lewis based You Crack Me Up on the various people he encountered at the parking lot of Uncle Charlie's, a bar the band used to play at frequently before they hit it big. So, yeah. Uncle- is there anything about the how they came upon the title sports? Uh, you know what? Inside of this, there is actually not anything about the title sports. Yeah, and is there any explanation of why they decided to just have it be one sports? It feels really inadequate. That's fair. That's that's a like little if, weird. if they if they did, they did two more, more times, yeah, yeah. Then in that case, we would just be called the Sports Podcast because we wouldn't want another copyright lawsuit like those dang Ghostbusters, you know? Well, no, I I remember the production meeting where we talked about it. We are like, well, is everyone just going to think that this is a whole podcast about that one Huey Lewis in the News album? Yeah. And we all went, oh, yeah, we should probably do something to differentiate. Well, I'm the one who wanted to do the podcast about the Huey Lewis in the News album. Yeah. That right. you guys sure. wanted to do about sports. I didn't want to do anything is- about sports. Ever. You forced me into this. I'm the outsider. Uh, Track number nine. Very special track. Uh, It was a cover of a Hank Williams classic, Honky Tonk Blues. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Well, you'll really love it when you hear Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis it up. I strongly suspect I'll like the Hank Williams version better, but I'll give it a shot. You think so? Really? (laughs) Yeah, but we'll see. So the album is critiqued by the character Patrick Bateman in both the book and film versions of American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. In the film, this album is when Bateman uh, considers the band to really have come into its own commercially and artistically. Lewis himself addressed the usage in a funnier Die video in which Lewis mirrors the American Psycho in a seeking revenge on Weird Al Yankovic for recording I Want a New Duck. <laughs> <laughs> which I then looked up the video. It's very funny. It did not die. It was a funny one. Okay. I'll check that out. Uh, and in the Futurama episode, Luck of the Fryish, the album is said to be the only thing that didn't hold up in the Ronco record vault. <laughs> in their face. Oh, always with the sharp commentary, those Futuramans. Right. And that brings then to another wide world of... A weird sports! Oh, if you just would have added two more sports, then it would have gotten us more search traffic in the search algorithms. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings you a close in the sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, Dusty Breitberg is going to give you our contact information. You're Don Tootin' I do! You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. And while you're there, make sure to check out William Refrigerator Perry's page. <laughs> or you can look at uh, Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. Make sure to send tweets to all your faves, all the amazing people in the music industry who are hurting right now, but will be much better after watching this glorious Super Bowl. Or you can find us uh, all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. Way anchor at the Super Bowl this year. And make sure to check out the halftime show. It'll be great. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. Shouldn't it be Huey Lewis in the news, news, news? Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.